to the podcast as always huge shout out to everybody who's liking subbing and sharing the show everything that you do makes a difference we definitely appreciate it around here we're still seeing some awesome growth we're looking forward to even more make sure that you do that make sure you slam every single button that says follow like subscribe etc uh, we've still got some irons in the fire as far as the twitch side of things go haven't quite gotten there yet but it's probably coming. I, I really like the idea of moving to that more live of a format, having a consistent time. Um, there's a couple things that are slowing that down, but we will get there eventually. Today, we're going to talk about culture. We're going to delve into culture just a wee bit, and we're going to talk about why it's important. And we're going to talk about the complete and utter meltdown of a corporation that I've been a customer of since the nineties. It's, it's honestly, this is one of those that I'm ready to just scream because this is a company that I've supported for literally a couple decades at this point. Um, and the way that things have gone really, really makes me angry. Um, we're going to be talking about, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're going to be talking about blizzard Activision, AKA blizzard entertainment. Um, and we're going to go, you know, it, it, it's going to be a rough one, but we're going to go through some stuff and we're we're going to talk about it but that's for later in the show i will warn you now that the show notes today are basically useless um there is some stuff there i do have links in there but it is not going to be nearly as complete this is going to be more of a you know impromptu off the cuff show I mean, to be fair, I basically do that every show, but there's definitely going to be more of that. So if it's a little more disorganized, if it's a little more of a ramble, just understand this is one of those that gets me fired up. And this is one of those topics that I definitely am, am going to give some opinions on. Um, but yeah, so later in the show, we'll go over that stuff. First, though, we need to talk about culture. What is culture? Right. You hear... You hear constantly, especially as you're going through like a coding boot camp, you hear about culture pretty constantly. And, you know, I, I could have gone out and I could have found different articles to talk about what culture is and how it's a good culture and what have you. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to tell you what it is because I've lived in it enough and I've dealt with positive culture. I've dealt with negative culture. We'll talk about my experience a little bit here in a minute. But culture is the dynamic of a company that has that a company has internally. The corporation's relationship with its employees and the employees with the corporation and the employees with each other. There are a ton of variations and there are good cultures and obviously there are terrible cultures. Um, I personally have always liked the mindset of working in companies that promote more a family-like culture where basically if you fit in and you do good work, you're basically safe and sound and you never really have to worry about things. Now, I want to I want to I want to put a period here. There's there's something that you need to understand very clearly. Even if there is that kind of a work environment and this is this has been kind of quicksand for a number of people over the years. I'm I'm sure, you know, tens of millions of people have seen this and experienced it. Um companies exist to make money. Period. Full stop. If you don't understand that, you really need to figure it out quick. 
it is next to, you will next to never see a company like it, it's super rare for a company to sacrifice a bottom line for an employee or a group of employees and employees need to understand that and they need to make sure that they don't burn themselves out slaving 90 hours a week for a corporation just because it has a great culture the reality is is that that is a job it may be an amazing job with an amazing company you may work with amazing people but at the end of the day you're an employee if it comes between keeping you around and the bottom line there's a good chance that you're going to get your pink slip and you're going to be out the door now, I'm not saying that to bash the company. I'm not saying that, you know, to terrify people. But the reality is, is that at the end of the day, if something, you know, if you get in the way, you're going to get run over. That, that's how it works. You know, this needs to be the starting point that people build from. Sure, you're going to have times where you put in more hours, and you should. There are going to be times where you put in less hours. And maybe, you know, you should take those times to kind of, you know, take a breath reset and dive into the next project harder right the reality is is that it has to be a balance and that's why the work-life balance thing has been such an impactful thing for so many different companies you hear every major company talking about work-life balance you hear small company mom and pop shops talking about work-life balance now it used to be work-life balance was nothing it didn't exist you just went to work, you did your job, and if, if you did a good job, you kept your job. Otherwise, kick rocks. You know, and that's, and that's the thing, is that it's impactful for the companies and it's impactful for people in general. You know, the reality is working 90 hours a week over a prolonged period of time is not a healthy thing. Balance is the key. And let me tell you, I know that from experience. <laughs> you know, I've, I've worked in a number of different industries, you know, I have for the for my professional life work usually somewhere between 50 and 90 hours a week, depending on the job, depending on my role, you know, depending on the needs of the company. You know, I worked a lot and I started working at 12. I was an HR manager for a rehab that my dad was running. And so, you know, 12 years old, here I am, you know, working with the HR manager, basically, you know, filing things you know, dealing with UAs, getting put into boxes, stuff like that, you know, and it was a job. It wasn't a glamorous job. I didn't get paid a huge amount, but that was the point was that I was gaining real life work experience at the age of 12. Um, you know, and then by 15, when it was, you know, legal to work more hours, I was going, man, like I, I hit the ground running, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat around the bush. You know, I got my GED at 16 years old and 90% of the time in my adult life, you know, I, I've busted my tail. That's what I do is I work my butt off because that's, you know, that's how I was raised. You know, preferably I would have gone to college and actually gotten a degree. But at the end of the day, you know, instead I have substantially more working experience, life experience than somebody who is my age. And because of that, I'm able to understand some things better than somebody who did go to college. Um, you know, I mean, even, even now, you know, I'm not officially employed, you know, I've, I've been, you know, kind of pivoting from being in a, a sales and administrative and, you know, more managerial role into software. And even, even still, you know, I, I put, 
roughly 40, 60 hours a week into my weekly stuff, you know, between this podcast, writing it, researching it, recording it, do the production stuff, getting it uploaded everywhere, you know, dealing with social media marketing stuff, writing medium articles, learning software, you know, planning and executing projects, you know, having stand-ups with people, plus doing all the stuff that I'm doing over at Lambda School, you know, it's it's a lot of stuff. And that's fine because that's how I operate. You know, if, if you've been working, you know, 50 to 90 hours a week, the majority of your professional career, when you're working less, you basically go nuts. <laughs> you know, there, there, there has to be something that I'm doing pretty much at all times. Otherwise, I'm going nuts. You know, that's part of the reason that I run a dual monitor system. You know, I've got 68 inches of, you know, real estate to play with. Um, and pretty much even when I'm playing games and stuff like that, I'll have articles open on the other screen. You know, for existence, for example, when I'm playing Call of Duty, usually I'll have something on the other screen so that I can actually scroll through news articles. I can be reading medium articles. You know, I can have videos up, stuff like that. You know, if I don't have somebody sitting in Discord with me and having conversations. And the irony is, is that, you know, part of part of the culture that, I promote with the people that I work with behind the scenes as far as like personal projects is I like to have full blown conversations while playing video games because, you know, instead of being a hundred percent focused on that project at that point in time, we're, we're sitting here, we're playing a game and we're just having a, a, a casual conversation about the project that we're working on. And sometimes creativity comes from not focusing a hundred percent on the project. Now, when when the rubber meets the road, you know, definitely I'm sitting there and, you know, I've got a notion drawn up. I've got, you know, wireframes pulled up. There's mind maps that are put together. There's Trello boards put together. You know, I, I go hard as far as, you know, the project management side of things because that's more my background and where I come from, right? So, you know, even even now, I still get phone calls from my previous employer. Right. So that's, you know, to add to my stuff, just just to have transparency here. I do the podcast and everything it entails. I write medium articles. I learn stuff at Lambda School. You know, I'm, I've got two major projects that are on the on the board right now. Three technically as of yesterday. Um, in the last week, I've actually had to step out of my normal routine, which is actually why the last episode isn't on YouTube and help my former employer, you know, plan some educational materials. You know, we've, we've had to have conversations about graphics design, website design, you know, various other things that tie into my old job. You know, I'm just kind of helping the person who's there, um, you know, setting up a new computer. They, they're going from an all-in-one piece of crap PC to um, one of the new M1 Macs. And... You know, that that's the thing is that, you know, even even if you're at home, even if you're, you know, pivoting, even if you're in a position where you're, you're trying to generate your own income outside of, you know, more a rigid job, you're still going to do a lot of work. And honestly, I have to say there's a lot of us that, that are in that kind of a position that actually work harder and more hours to try and generate that just because, you know, getting something off the ground takes more effort than sustaining it. Um, until you're at a point where you actually have to start really stimulating growth. 
Um, you know, and that's that's fine because I am more suited for an office-like environment. I'm not out slaving at 110, 120 degrees, you know, hammering in nails and you know building things with my hand i'm not i'm not really suited for that i'm an office guy it's kind of what i do and honestly i feel for the guys that have been you know doing that out here we've had substantially more heat than we normally do it's been kind of a brutal one out in oregon sometimes i don't even want to walk outside i digress and you know i (laughs) i want you at the top it's going to be one of those things um culture is driven from the top down realistically you know it's leadership that sets the tone for a cultural feel in a business if you have a leader that you know is willing to work as hard or harder than your frontline employees you're gonna see those frontline employees working harder to try and match that level of dedication and drive now this isn't always true you can get some bad employees but generally speaking you know you know 60 to 80% of your employees are going to just follow how you work. If you're sitting on the couch with the remote, you know, watching TV and your employees see you, they're not, they're not going to put a lot of effort in because you're sitting on the TV and the air conditioning while they're outside, you know, doing whatever, you know, you've got to make sure that, you're working as hard as your employees. I know it seems stupid, and this is honestly a trap that I think that a lot of small business owners run into. And I think that part of it is just a lack of understanding on some frontline workers' part as well, because if you see somebody that's sitting in an office with the door closed and they're in there for, you know, 12 hours a day, six to eight hours a day, what have you, and, you know, you think all they're doing is just running meeting to meeting to meeting, or they're just sitting in there playing video games, you know, you're going to get upset. It's crap. Like, why Why do they get to sit on their ass while I work my tail off and make them money? You end up in basically like a class rift inside of the company. You know, your frontline workers are, you know, going to be more annoyed about it. You know, it's, it's going to be different, right? It's going to be different work. You know, upper management is going to steer the boat and, you know, the lower tier workers are going to put in the grunt work that's that's how it works but by the same token put in the same level of effort so that you're building that kind of a culture inside of your company now you know another piece is the upper management puts policies and benefits into place for its employees a positive work environment is or work culture is going to be one of those where your upper management is putting policies and benefits into place that are going to promote better work-life balance you know, doing things to ensure that the entire team is taken care of in the best way possible. And you're going to see a happier, healthier, and more productive team if your employees feel like they're being taken care of. Now, don't go wild. You know, I mean, don't don't go nuts, right? Don't spend $1,500 on a, on a gaming PC per employee to sign people up realistically you're going to have enough you know turnover that you're going to start hemorrhaging money doing stuff like that but i mean realistically offer decent health care you know make sure that your maternity leave is good make sure that you know you have father maternity leave make sure you have sick leave you know stuff like that build in stuff to make people feel like they're appreciated and to make sure that they feel like they're being taken care of by the people that you know are signing their paychecks you know money's money's not everything it really isn't like, I mean, sure, you can, you can have a higher wage, 
and buy your own healthcare and whatnot. But at the end of the day, like I would rather work for a company that's willing to invest in its employees, making sure they're taken care of, making sure that they're, you know, getting more education and, you know, self-improvement while they're at that company, making sure that, you know, on a, on a human level that, you know, they're mentally and, and psychologically and spiritually okay and that they maintain good health. You know, I I like a lot of the companies that are doing, hey, you know, diet, exercise, read a book, you know, whatnot. A lot of people bash those. You know, there's there's a couple folks over at, at YouTube that just nail those to the wall. But I think to a degree, like anything you can do to kind of promote health and growth in a person should be part of it. I mean, why not? If if you read ten books and you get a hundred bucks per book, you know it's a bonus. Why not? Right? You took the time to read a book. Um, you know the the, the opposite is true, right? If if you're not willing to invest in your employees and you know promote self improvement to promote health to make sure that they feel like they're being taken care of, it's going to be a lot more toxic place and it's going to be a hostile work environment because people are going to feel like they have to get promoted so that they will be taken care of. You don't want that because once you start to have that kind of, you know, animosity breeding in your, you know, more entry line or frontline workers, you're going to have a lot more drama and that drama is going to move away from being productive to just a dysfunctional pain in the ass work environment. You don't you don't want that. You don't want to you don't want to have your company eat itself from the inside out. It's a bad look. All right. This is this is our pivot point right here. We're going to talk about discrimination. And I'm going to say this one time. And I want to be clear. Okay. So, if if you're a manager or you're moving into management or you want to be in management or you're, you know, running your own company and planning on hiring employees, if you're in a position where, you know, you're in any sort of leadership role, shut up, sit down, buckle up, pay attention. Discrimination of any sort, any sort should never, ever be tolerated. This podcast is for software engineering, and I get it. It's a more male-dominated industry. You know, there needs to be, and this is slowly starting to happen, but there needs to be a drive to get more women in the industry. You know, the whole girls and women, in, you know, in STEM, you know, the promotion that we have at both the federal and state level throughout the United States, that's great. My daughter's one of those kids. She loves science. She loves math. And I'm super excited. Like, I mean, she's actually going to be starting to play with, like, Linux and other things here shortly. You know, she gets to see, you know, JavaScript and Python from, you know, me playing with stuff while she's at my house. You know, and that's great. Building that interest, building that drive is great, right? Having people from various backgrounds and different walks of life is going to expand the viewpoints or the lens from which the people that you hire are going to be able to draw inspiration and creativity. It's also going to expand the way that they deal with different situations, right? Problem solving is different depending on the person you talk to. Some people have had easier lives. Some people have, you know, tragically horrible lives. Growing up, you know, getting to the point that they are in life, you have to understand that and you have to make sure that, you know, what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're treating people falls in line with being accepting of all of these different types of people. 
you know, our, our country is founded on diversity. The reality is, is that we have people from every nation in the world that live inside of our borders as citizens. And the reality is, is we need to take care of all of those people. We have, you know, God knows how many different religions, you know, subsets of those religions, you know, there, there's obviously been a lot more in way of like sexual identity and stuff like that. You have to be accepting. And I think what it comes down to is literally you, you need to live by a mindset that unless somebody is nasty to you, just treat them respectfully. And even then be the bigger person and still treat them respectfully. You know, there's in hospitality and like restaurants and hotels and, you know, stuff like that retail you know, sales, there's the mentality that kill them with kindness. If that's your day-to-day go-to is just killing somebody with kindness, even if they're a jerk to you, guess what? You're not going to be that idiot that gets fired because you said something wrong to somebody. Be respectful of other people, regardless of who they are, where they're from, how they live their life. None of that's your business. None of that matters. Treat them with respect. It's pretty simple. If you treat everybody with respect, you treat everybody equally, you give everybody, you know, the same shot to, you know, be part of the team, this isn't a headache you're going to run into. You know, I'm, I'm going to be real. You know, I've, I lived in, in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas for about nine years when I was a kid. And then after that, you know, I basically from nine on, I grew up in more rural areas of Washington and Oregon. You know, the biggest city that I lived in after Dallas up until I was an adult was, you know, 55,000 people. You know, pretty, pretty rural. You know, a lot of a lot of the area around the t- my hometown is, you know, it's agricultural. You know, Oregon State University, which is in Corvallis, Oregon, is the, you know, one of the biggest agricultural schools on the West Coast. You know, we also have one of the better engineering programs on the West Coast. Um, but I mean, the reality is, is that most of the people that I associate associate with on a day-to-day basis, you know, these are folks that have farms, they have cattle, they have horses. You know, Oregon, for those that don't know, is basically the seed capital of the world, at least the U.S., um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of grass seed, a lot of grass seed harvesting, which my allergies kill me every single summer. Um, but I mean, these are, these are people that are, you know, manufacturing folks. These are agricultural folks. You know, there's a lot of hunting, a lot of fishing, you know, running through muddy fields in a pickup truck, you know, horseback riding. Basically, if, if, if you're thinking about what you do in the boondocks, that's, that's what's done around here. We're, we're a nice, pleasant mix because we're, we're fairly close to more metropolitan areas, more urban areas. But, you know, there, there's a different mentality in a more rural area than, say, what you would get in L.A. and Portland and Seattle, Tacoma, Fort Worth, Dallas. Awesome. I'm not going to name off every major city. That's ridiculous. Uh, but basically, you know, it, it's different, right? You are, you are more apt to wear a suit and tie on a day-to-day basis in a city than you are in a rural area. Part of that is it honestly comes down to the fact that guess what? In a rural area, there's a good chance you're going to get dusty, grimy, and nasty from just walking through somebody's yard, right? Just walking down the road, you're going to get dirtier because there's more dirt 
right? <laughs> We're talking about agricultural areas, guys. Like there's there's dirt, there's mud, you know, there's animals running around. You know, in in a more urban setting, you're you're basically you're running around suit and tie in a briefcase. You're running into meetings, you're running out of meetings. You're hopping outside, you're jumping in a cab, and you're going down the road. Or you're sitting in an office and you're doing Zoom meetings and you're doing meetings internally at the office, and you know, that's the deal. But in more rural areas, more people work with their hands. In more urban settings, there's more people that work in offices, and that's fine. It's just a different culture. And my point is this, right? I, I spent two years down, you know, I, I lived in Lakewood and La Mirada, California, which is basically, it's over next to Long Beach in Southern California. And, you know, I, I went all over LA County. You know, I was there for two years. I did a lot of stuff. I was, a, I worked for a subcontractor for LA County Department of Public Works educational division and you know we taught gardening and we taught you know water wise gardening and we taught fire wise gardening it was a lot of stuff you know that was that was my job you know i ended up being the assistant project manager for the for a residential recycling program that we did uh, which predominantly went into you know places like boyle heights and compton and watts and you know south central and north hollywood we, we were all over the place right we we went all over the county but I'll tell you, my, the time that I lived in L.A., you know, Long Beach area, was vastly, I did vastly different things than what I did, you know, elsewhere. I was there for two years. I mean, I went to the mall a lot. We went to a lot of different restaurants and a lot of different clubs. We went to a lot of attractions. You know, you've got Disney down there. I actually went to the Blizzard headquarters at one point. You know, there's a lot more, and it's different, you know, Century City. There's a ton of different things, and you do different things because those are the things that you do in those areas. Plus, to be fair, to be fair, I didn't have a whole lot of rain to go mudding in the field in a jacked-up pickup truck. And to be, I, I mean, not to mention the fact that if I was driving a big old jacked-up diesel in Southern California, I'm going to get looked at funny. Um, plus, dear God, could you imagine dealing with that in traffic? Um, but no, this is, this is the thing though. Everybody comes from vastly different backgrounds and you have to understand that and you have to appreciate that because everybody coming from so many different backgrounds, they bring something to the table. And the thing is, is that if you want a very tight knit functional company that has a positive culture, you know, you have to accept it. people from all walks of life, from different places, from different nationalities. It doesn't matter who or what, who they are, where they came from, what they believe in, you know, who they date, who they sleep with. None of that matters. What matters is, is that all of these people are working for one company and they have so many different things that they get to bring to the table. Guess what? You want to be really productive? You figure out, a good manager is going to figure out what the employees that they hire are good at. And they're going to make sure that they are working with that employee to leverage those skills to the best of their abilities because that's what they're good at. If they're good at something, let them do it. I mean, it's, it's one thing if they absolutely hate that activity. But normally, if you're good at something, you enjoy doing it. 
you're good at it because you do enjoy doing it. So you leverage that and you make sure that they get to do something that they enjoy and that they're good at. If you did that for every single role in your company and you kept people happy, you took care of people, guess what? You're going to have one of the most productive companies in the face of the planet. There's going to be issues occasionally, but at the end of the day, normally that's a bad apple. You weed them out and keep going. But if that's the culture that you want to take and you want to, you know, get your employees to do stuff that they enjoy doing on a day-to-day basis and you get them to the point where, you know, they can explore different aspects of the company, you know, while they're doing the day-to-day so that they can, you know, learn more about what the industry and the company that they're in and, you know, how the inner workings of the company work together. Sure. Who they are and where they're from doesn't matter. Just, you know, give them the opportunity to prove themselves and give them the resources to be the best that they can be. It's pretty simple. You know, this is this is such an important topic for employees and employers, right? Employees need to feel empowered that if they're getting treated like crap, they walk away. Don't Don't stay where you're just getting beaten up every day. Walk out the door. Don't even give it two weeks. Just walk out the door. You can find something better. It may not look the greatest on your resume, but at the same time, don't don't let yourself be taken advantage of and abused. Do the job you were hired for. Nothing more. If if you if you choose to put in more hours, you chose to do that. But don't. It's like office space. Dude, being asked to you know work on the weekend. Like no, I'm not going to work on the weekend. I've got a family. I'm going to go out. I'm going to have dinner, you know, with the wife and kids. I'm going to go have fun. You know, I'm going to go see friends. I'm going to go, you know, to a concert. I'm going to go to a movie, you know. Maybe you're going on a, you know, three-day trip, what have you. You know, it, it's companies, the, the relationship between employers and employees needs to be very, very simple. It's one of mutual respect. You respect each other. You do the best you can for each other. And at the end of the day, you know, if if you can't do that, then the employee needs to find another place to be. And it doesn't have to be toxic. It doesn't have to be, oh, well, I'm going to fire you. You know, there's nothing wrong with walking into an office and looking at an employee and saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really, this is kind of the stuff that I'm really struggling with. You know, I, I think you're a great person. You know, I'm I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you you know a 30 day warning to find another job, and then we're gonna have to let you go. But I want to make sure that I give you 30 days so that you have the time to find stuff. If you need references or anything, I'm happy to help you out. You know, because if it's a positive work environment and they're busting their butt, they just don't fit into the culture. Give them a little time to find something. Don't just drop them on their head. But yeah, it's mutual respect, guys. All right, let's talk about the law. And this is all actually from the federal government, right? So this is actually from EEOC.gov, which is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, right? So this is federal law. I'm not even going to get into state law because it's different in every single state. So we're not even going to go there, okay? But this is this is a direct quote. Under the laws enforced by EEOC, it is illegal to discriminate against someone applicant or employee, which is very important just to pay attention to, because of that person's race, color, religion, sex, including gender identity, sexual orientation, and pregnancy, 
national origin, age, 40 or older, disability, or genetic information. It is also illegal to retaliate against a person because he or she complained about discrimination, filed a charge of discrimination, or participated in an employment discrimination investigation or lawsuit. This is really important, guys, so pay attention. The law forbids discrimination in every, let's repeat that, every aspect of employment. That includes hiring, promotions, bonuses, you know, getting your paycheck on time. You know, if you're going to buy everybody coffee in the office and you miss somebody, like, this is all stuff, every aspect of employment. If it's part of your company, if it's part of your culture, every single aspect. The laws enforced by EEOC prohibit an employer or other covered entity from using neutral employment policies and practices to have a disproportionately negative effect on applicants or employees of a particular race, color, religion, or sex, including gender identity, sexual orientation, or and pregnancy, or national origin, or on an individual with a disability or class of individuals with disabilities if the policies or practices at issue are not job-related and necessary to the operation of the business, the laws enforced by EEOC also prohibit an employer from using neutral employment practices and policies and practices that have disproportionately negatively impact that have a disproportionately negative impact on applicants or employees age 40 or older if the policy if the policies or practices at issue are not based on a reasonable factor other than age. So that last one, just to clarify, you know, basically if you're unable to keep up on a construction site because you're 60 years old, they can, they can let you go, but it's, it's not about the age. It's about performance. Right. And that's, it's a really, really fine line and you have to be really careful on the HR side of things. But I mean, basically, you know, you got to be able to do the job. Otherwise, you can't be there. All right. So this this next section actually talks about harassment from EEOC again. Um, Say page. I've linked it in the show notes. Feel free to go through it. It's actually something that I think everybody, employer and employee and applicant should read. It's really, really important to understand how everything fits together. Excuse me while I take a quick drink here. That's a lot. Um, It is illegal to harass an employee because of race, color, religion, sex, including gender identity, sexual orientation, and pregnancy, natural origin, age, disability, or genetic information. It is also illegal to harass somebody because they have complained about discrimination, filed a charge of discrimination, or participated in an employment discrimination investigation or lawsuit. Dear God, legalese is ridiculously rough. Harassment can take the form of slurs, graffiti, offensive or derogatory comments, or other verbal, physical, visible, dear God, or other verbal or physical contact. Sexual harassment, including unwelcome sexual advances, requests for sexual favors, and other conduct of sexual nature is also unlawful, although, although the law does not prohibit simple teasing, offhand comments, or isolated incidents that are not very serious, harassment is illegal if it is so frequent or severe that it creates a hostile or offensive work environment. 
or if it results in adverse employment decisions such as the victim being fired or demoted or not being promoted. I'm going to add that just piece in there. The harasser can be the victim's supervisor, a supervisor in another area, a coworker, or someone who is not an employee of the employer, such as a client or customer or a vendor. I'm going to add vendor to that one. Harassment outside of the workplace may also be illegal if there is a link with the workplace. For example, if a supervisor harasses an employee while driving the employee to a meeting, texting after work, etc. Alright, so that's the law. Basically, let's just keep it simple. If it's not something that you would say to your mother, your wife, and your child in the same room, don't say it. All right, here's, here's where it's going to get interesting, and this is probably going to be a long episode. We're already at 36 minutes, but I'm going to actually read all of this because I want to make sure this is so important that people need to hear. Blizzard Entertainment and Activision are massive companies. We're talking about multi-billion dollar companies every single year. They have a direct impact on their perspective industries. You know, Activision on the publishing side, Blizzard on the game-making side. These are huge companies and it's frustrating because you know i'm a big call of duty fan which is published by activision i, I played wow forever i played warcraft warcraft 2 warcraft 3 starcraft starcraft 2 diablo all the diablos like i i've been around this company for a lot a lot of years and i've seen change over the time i'm, I'm i want to i'm gonna go over that a little bit too but it's really, really, really frustrating to see such a large and influential company go down this path and and allow this kind of bullshit to happen. And I'm going to apologize right now. My language is going to be a little bit foul this episode. I am not happy with this. This one pisses me off. All right. So this is from, and this is, all of these are going to be linked. Everything that I share is going to be linked in the show notes or it's coming out of my own brain. Um, this is from the Department of Fair Employment and Housing in California. Uh, this is a press release, and the contact of it is um, Fahiza Alim. I probably butchered this first name. I apologize. Um, it's got contact information if you have questions. I don't know if I'd harass him too much, but this is dated July 21st, 2021 for immediate release. DFEH, right? So Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Sues California Gaming Company for equal pay violations, sexual discrimination, and sexual harassment. Women paid less and subjected to gender discrimination and sexual harassment at Activision Blizzard Incorporated, Blizzard Entertainment Incorporated, and Activision Publishing Incorporated. Sacramento. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed a civil action in Los Angeles Superior Court today against Activision Blizzard Incorporated, blah, 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 we're going to skip ahead a little bit, for violations of California's Equal Pay Act, as well as the Fair Employment and Housing Act, which provide broader protections and greater remedies for victims than the federal counterparts. It's it, <laughs> You don't want to screw around in California, man. They... They're a lot better in a lot of states as far as dealing with this kind of crap. Um, the company was founded in California in, 90, in 79. 
Uh, Activision, founded in Sunnyvale, California in 1979, became the publicly traded company known today as Activision Blizzard after the 2008 merger with Blizzard Entertainment Incorporated. They are headquartered in Santa Monica, California, known for games such as Call of Duty, Battle.net, Battle World of Warcraft. Sorry, let me... Known for games, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Allegedly fostered a sexist culture, paid women less than men, despite women doing substantially similar work, and assigned women to lower-level jobs and promoted them at slower rates than men, and fired or forced women to quit at higher frequencies than men. DFEH also alleges that African-American women and other women of color were particularly impacted by Activism Blizzard's discriminatory practices. Now, I'm going to be clear, like, this this is no joke. I, I don't know the validity of all this, but I understand that what culminated this was an investigation by the state for over two years. So this isn't like there were a couple of complaints and this became a thing. This is like this was investigated and this came out. And this isn't this isn't a couple of female employees alleging this and a standard civil action where you have a couple of disgruntled employees that take you to the cleaners because, you know, of something that they that allegedly happened. This is hard, substantive proofs. This is the state of California is suing one of the largest gaming publishing houses and studios in the freaking world. This is no joke. Now, in addition, DFEH alleges that women are subjected to constant sexual harassment, including groping, comments, and advances. The lawsuit also alleges that the company's executives and HR personnel knew of the harassment and failed to take reasonable steps to prevent the unlawful conduct and instead retaliated against women who complained. <sighs> okay. If you don't want to be sued, if somebody comes to you and says it's their sexual harassment, you listen to it, you launch an investigation. If you can find valid substantive proof, you deal with it immediately. And by dealing with it, I mean you fire the idiot who did it. If you can't find the proof, transfer one or the other into a position where they're not in direct contact on a day-to-day -day basis. Period. Full stop. The goal needs to be to protect the person who is reporting it. Now, I'm going to be clear. There have been false reports. But it is safer as a company to protect the individual who is making the report than the other individual. You need to try and be as fair and as balanced as you can if you can't come up with the proof to substantiate everything. But err on the side of caution and err on the side that the victim or the alleged victim isn't giving you crap. I mean, it, it, it that honestly protect the, protect the protect the person. Like, I mean, it's it's just it's just easy, you know. Don't don't outwardly screw anybody, but by the same token, you know, transfer people around, make sure they're not in direct contact. Have a written statement saying, "Hey, you're not to be in direct contact without other people either CC'd on the email, on a call, or with you at a meeting, because at that point, that other person who is an unbiased individual, hopefully, you know, will be the buffer and there will be less issues, right? Take care of business, handle your business, protect your people. If you're not willing to do that, don't get into business.
Okay, I'm not going to read the rest of it. Like I said, it's in the link. Um, I'm going to move on. This is from NPR. This is the headline. California sees gaming giant Activision Blizzard over unequal pay and sexual harassment. There are a couple of things in here that really, really got me going. Um, so years after online harassment campaign as Gamergate targeted women in the video game world, the California lawsuit depicts an industry that can still be unwelcoming, even hostile to female employees. Shouldn't happen, guys. It is 2021. Okay, this shouldn't happen. You know, this is this is gross. First and foremost, why why does it matter? If somebody can do the job and do it extremely well, who cares? Any factor like I I don't I don't even care if somebody is a criminal. Like if somebody's a convicted felon, if they can do my job and I don't have any, yo. Know, if I am not working for the government or something, that person's working on the project because I'm all down to give people second chances. Right? Like, who somebody is shouldn't really affect their standing at their job as, as long as they do a good job. I mean, why, why does this matter? Like, why are we still doing this? This is stupid. This is literally the dumbest thing on the face of the planet. Women employees were paid less and assigned lower-level job, the complaint says. The lawsuit alleges that Blizzard Activision female workers who spoke to investigators, and this is a direct quote from those women, almost universally confirmed that their time at the company was, quote, akin to working at a frat house. Now, I live in a college town. I've been to, I was starting going, I started going to college parties when I was in, in high school. Let me tell you, I have had to physically escort ladies out of the houses. I've had to literally threaten frat boys to get female friends or family members out of those parties. There are a couple different houses here in Oregon that that's, that's a thing, but I've literally had to shove people out of the way and threaten to beat them because they like cornered women in a, in a dark room and had some bad things in their head that they were planning on doing. Okay. Now I'm not going to blast the entire frat and sorority culture, different topic. I don't care, but I'm going to tell you, this is the kind of crap that shouldn't be happening at work. You need to be able to feel safe and secure every time you go to work. And I don't, I don't give a damn if you're working on a piece of software, if you're a receptionist, if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, I don't care if you are a sex worker. I don't care if you're a, you know, exotic dancer. When you go to work, you are at work. While you are at work, with regardless of what your job is, you should be comfortable being there. If you are not, your employer needs to put things into place so you are. And specifically, if other employees or supervisors or policies or just the culture is not one in which you are allowed to feel comfortable, first of all, 
you need to go to HR and you need to report it. If they don't do a damn thing, you need to go to Bureau of Labor and Industry or what have you in whatever state. And you need to talk to them. If they blow you off, you need to talk to the attorney general. Hire your own attorney and you deal with the situation. The reality is, is that, you know, there, there's a lot of people that are uncomfortable taking action because they're scared of retaliation, being blackballed in industries. They're scared of being in the news. They're scared of blowback. But I got to tell you, you got to you got to have courage and you got to stand up because if we can't start fixing this kind of an issue, we're going to keep having this issue. And it's not just the software world. It is all over every industry. And it's not just women who are discriminated against and, you know, hit with sexual harassment, what have you. You know, there are industries that are predominantly female dominated. And there's the same thing in the reverse. It doesn't matter. Treat people with respect. Okay. The complaint, which was a result of a two-year investigation by DFEH, claims that the unequal treatment of women went beyond company culture to more formal parts of their job. Women alleged women were allegedly paid less than men, both when they were hired and during the course of their employment. They were also assigned to lower level positions and passed over for, for promotions, despite doing more work than their male peers in some cases, according to the lawsuit. One woman said her manager told her she wouldn't be promoted because, quote, she might get pregnant and like being a mom too much. Stop the stupidity. The sex discrimination was even worse for women of color, the suit claims. At least two African-American women reported being singled out and micromanaged. Some women who came forward with complaints of discrimination or harassment faced involuntary transfers, were selected for layoffs, or were denied certain opportunities, the suit said. Stop. Seriously. Why is this? Why is this a thing? I literally don't get it. This just makes me angry. You know, going going through Lambda School, one of the coolest experiences been to know that this is a predominantly male dominated industry and to be able to watch, you know, every single person from various different backgrounds, whether it's, you know, whether they are migrants from other countries or whether they're you know people of color, whether they're women, whether they're men, to watch some of these people gain skills to better their lives. You know, it, it kills me and it just makes me ridiculously angry because I've seen this kind of crap with my wife. There, there's been this kind of crap that my wife has dealt with. I've had f female friends that have dealt with this. You know, I've, I've had friends that were LGBT who dealt with this. I have friends that were, you know, people of color who have dealt with this. This is crap. It is 2021. Stop doing this crap. Now, Activision Blizzard said it doesn't tolerate sexual misconduct. Activision Blizzard, in, a, in its statement, said it did not tolerate sexual misconduct or harassment and noted that investigated that and noted that investigated all claims 
adding that it was making it easier for employees to report violations. The company said that it strives to pay its employees fairly for equal or substantially similar work and ensure that pay is driven by non-discriminatory factors such as performance. <laughs> so I'm going to stop right there and I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about, you know, some anecdotal stuff. I have had managers who get in the way that I'm trying to do a job and they get in the way and they hinder my ability to perform in my duties as an employee. Okay. You know, it, it mentioned earlier that there were two African-American ladies that, you know, were micromanaged. If you have to stop every five seconds and reach out to a manager to get something accomplished, guess what? You're not going to get jack all done. You're not going to get anything done. It's a waste of time. Okay. I mean, it's, it's one thing if you're talking about like a problem employee, but, and I mean, at that point, there should already be write-ups. There should be stuff in place notating either the lack of performance or, you know, the reasons why they're being micromanaged. If you're just a micromanager as a manager, you need to step back and take a breath. Because I'll tell you, if you call or text me every five minutes, if you're hitting me on Slack every two seconds, if I'm getting emails from you all day and my, my you know, email client is just blowing up with alerts at all times, if you're constantly sending me message messages in like Asana or what have you, you know, project management software, you're slowing me down, especially when it comes to software engineering where you kind of get in a zone and you just crank stuff out. If you're distracted every five seconds, what, what's your job performance going to be? How are you supposed to do the job? It's stupid. Stop it. Continuing on, we are confident in our ability to demonstrate our practices and an equal opportunity employer that fosters a supportive, diverse, and inclusive workplace for our people, and we are committed to continuing this effort in the years to come. The spokesman said, It is a shame that DFEH did not want to engage with us on what they thought they were seeing in their investigation. That was a direct quote from Blizzard Activision, or Activision Blizzard. But several former employees took to social media Wednesday after the lawsuit was filed to corroborate some of the allegations it contained. Hmm. Blizzard had claimed to DFEH report was is false, misleading, irresponsible. Former Blizzard employee Cher Starlet tweeted, I can tell you that I knew what was going to be in this report before I read it because during my time there, for only a year, I witnessed all of these things. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute, okay? I'm, I'm going to say that, sure, a lot of this is going to be hearsay. There's a good chance when you have investigators in an organization looking at stuff, you're not going to actually see the actions happening. That said, you know, after the fact, after a report comes out, sure, some people might climb onto it and say that everything was true just because they see dollar signs or what have you. But the reality is, is that when you're a major corporation like this, you should be above reproach. Your policies, we're talking about a multi-billion dollar company. We're talking about Call of Duty and World of Warcraft and Diablo and Overwatch. Like, we're talking about massive franchises. 
you're telling me with that much money that you can't have such a robust HR team and reporting system that we can we can't avoid this kind of crap? Are you kidding me? You should be- have the best HR team on the face of the planet. You probably have 500 lawyers on retainer. Put them to work. What? Do, how do we do this? I, I literally, like, I don't even understand. I literally don't even understand how you let something get this bad. It's not okay. It's not okay. I, no. <laughs> All right, so this is over at Bloomberg Law. Now, and again, I'm just going to do excerpts of it. I'm going to kind of jump around this because I want you to hear specific things, okay? According to the complaint filed Tuesday in the L.A. Superior Court, female employees make up around 20% of Activision workforce and are subjected to pervasive frat boy workplace culture, including cube crawls in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior towards female employees. I got it for you, Blizzard. You ready? There is no drinking to happen on the premises at any given time, unless it is for a prearranged office party, at which point you should have additional security and make sure that there are cameras in place that have audio to make sure that if there is any sort of harassment or anything else, that it can be handled promptly and viciously. The agency alleges male employees play video games during the workday while delegating responsibilities to female employees, engage in sexual banter, and joke openly about rape, among other things. There's a couple things to unpack on this. First of all... Okay, let's take a breath. The reality is, is that, you know, the employees at a video game company are going to play, they're going to play video games. Okay. This, this one, this one's kind of dumb. Okay. And I'm just going to call it out because it's dumb. Video game companies have to play their own games because they have to try and break their own games. That's, that's part of QA. Additionally, if you're on a break or something, sure. Now, if if this is happening, that they're delegating responsibilities to other female employees that they should be handling to play somebody else's game or just to, to screw around, that's kind of crap. That portion of this is, is weird, right? The, the playing video games while delegating responsibilities. Okay, does that mean that they're testing their game by playing it and delegating responsibilities to female employees that just need to happen while they're testing the game. It's vague and it's kind of a dumb statement. And it was honestly thrown in specifically to garner emotion. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty clear all the way through this podcast so far. I'm not pulling punches. I'm not defending that kind of action. If you know, they're, they're screwing around, but we, we need to be clear. There is an expectation inside of every single video game company that they're going to play their own game. They're going to test their own game. That's part of the process to publish, to produce and publish an active, an actually viable video game. That's every single studio. You know, there's there's literally people that are hired as playtesters to play hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of gameplay. That's that's their gig. 
And as part of that, there's going to be management. There's going to be supervisors who do that as well. And if something has to be done and they're, they're being assigned a task to test this portion of the game, you know, sure, they're going to they're gonna hand stuff off. If they're like, for example, if somebody on the WoW team hands duties off to somebody else because they're playing Call of Duty all day, that's a bit different. And I think that's something that needed to be a little clearer. This is a, it's a pretty vague statement. And it shows either an ignorance of the industry or it shows, you know, or, or it's just put in just for the, you know, emotional benefit to, you know, make him sound bad, right? Now, engaging in sexual banter and joking about rape openly... First and foremost, rape should never be joked about. It's one of the most heinous things you can ever do to a person. Male, female, trans, what have you. Rape is just fucked. Sexual banter is a hard one. If you're gonna, if you have that kind of a relationship with somebody, it needs to be away from other employees and it needs to be behind closed doors. Realistically, you should just have a culture where that's just not acceptable and you don't talk about it. Um, the report alleges the promotions were held back because of pregnancy you know being criticized for leaving to pick their children up from daycare being kicked out of lactation rooms so male colleagues could use the room for meeting now now if you have women who are back on the job and they're still breastfeeding their kids and they're in a lactation room go sit in your car and have your meeting. This is something that falls underneath disability. I'm not saying that, you know, women who are who are breastfeeding their kids and lactating are disabled. What I'm saying is is this is a protected activity under I want to say the ADA. I'll have to look it up. Don't quote me on it, but it's a protected activity. If somebody is 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 dealing with health stuff of any sort, who the hell are you to kick them out of a room? If it takes a little too long and you, you were trying to get a meeting on, show some freaking respect. Female employees working for the World of Warcraft team noted that male employees and supervisors would hit on them, make derogatory comments about rape, and otherwise engage in demeaning behavior, the agency alleges. The suit also points to a female Activision employee who took her own life while on a company trip with her male supervisor. The employee had been subjected to intense sexual harassment prior to her death, including having nude photos passed around at a company party. I'm, I'm going to make it clear. I don't care where the hell the photos came from. I don't I don't care. This is jacked. This didn't mm. humiliating people isn't okay. Treating people like objects isn't okay. And I'm I'm going to stop because I I'm I'm going to be real. I'm pissed about this. 
I am literally livid about this. This is not okay on so many levels. And you know what? They're going to have their day in court, right? There's going to be a prosecution. There's going to be a plaintiff and there is going to be a defendant. The plaintiff is the state of California under DFEH or whatever it is. And the defendant is going to be activism blizzard. There's going to be a crap ton of attorneys on both sides and they're going to do battle in the courtroom. And guess what? The truth will be in that room. And I'm going to make it clear, if this is crap, if these are false allegations, I hope the people that made false allegations get shredded to pieces. If these are true allegations, and honestly, I'm, I'm going to be 100% clear, it is pretty damn clear that there's a lot of bad crap that has happened, and it's pretty damn clear that this is 100% true, and 99% of this, there might be some bs in there but 90 percent of this sounds true you let somebody kill themselves because you showed a nude image around a office party dude what are you doing this is a billion dollar company if this is the place if this happened in a workplace i hope to god that by the time they're done every single jackass that decided that this was okay is not only kicked out the front door, they are blackballed from the industry. Put them into retirement. They're dinosaurs. It's pretty simple. In a business, establish a culture that you are res you respect each and every person. You don't engage in sexual banter, even if you're dating somebody, because it could make someone else feel uncomfortable. You do not discriminate on any point and you focus entirely on what the job is, how the person does the job, and you go from there. This needs to be a catalyst for every single company in the United States. It's not going to be for the world, but I, I hope to God that, you know, if, if, I could, if I could make a wish and make sure that it is, I would wish that this is a catalyst for every single company in the world. Take care of your people. Every single human life on this planet is precious. Sure, everybody is different and comes from various backgrounds, but you know what? The differences are what we should celebrate. Because as a planet, we have so many different cultures. We have so many different ideologies. The things that we could achieve if we stopped treating each other like crap, we'd be on Mars. We'd have this cool space base sitting on the moon. We'd have intergalactic travel man like i mean i can go into sci-fi and say that half of star wars would happen right here's the deal guys stop all it takes is to be respectful empathetic and kind to other people you know what i want i want to i want to say this okay i'm gonna get a little personal here but my wife and i got together the thing that I drove home more than anything else was that she was smart, she was beautiful, 
and she was driven and she had so much potential. And I told her that constantly. One day I told her that I would call her beautiful every single day. And I did every single day. I still do it, if, if not every day, almost every single day. We've been together almost 10 years and we have been through the good. We have been through the horrid. But you know what? We fight together and we make it work. But I'll tell you, her achievements, how tough and driven this woman is, it's inspirational. She doesn't take flack from people. She doesn't intentionally go out of her way to be mean to people. She's worked with cancer patients. And when she left that job, patients you know, were, were sad about her leaving. They wanted her to stay. You know, she's worked in sales. She was one of the top salespeople in two different companies for the store that she was in. And I'll, I'll tell you, if somebody treated my wife that way, and, and they have, I lost it. And that's the thing is that if these idiots stopped for two seconds and just thought about it and realized that this isn't something you'd say to your mother, this isn't something you'd do to your mother, this isn't something that you'd do to your wife or your kids, if you thought for five seconds this wouldn't be an issue. I'm I'm a intense personality, man. I, I am I when I see crap like this, when I see people getting abused, when I see injustice against people, it pisses me off. I get mad. And this is a rough one. This kind of this kind of behavior is beyond unacceptable. Racial slurs, rape jokes, sexual harassment, generally treating people differently based on who they are. That's bullshit. It's straight up undeniable bullshit. And I again, I apologize about the language, but you need to hear it. It's bullshit. And you know what? What Blizzard Activision should be doing today, what they should have done the 21st when this came out, is instead of trying to hide in a corner and rally the troops around them, their leadership team should have stepped outside in front of the mic and they should have said, we fucked up. We're going to fix it. We're going to own it. And every single person that did this is gone. And I want you to notice, I, I tried really hard, other than specifically referencing the Blizzard stuff, to use very general neutral language. And that's intentional, because I don't give a damn who you are, there's discrimination against everybody. I've, I've seen, you know, people of color harassed, I've seen men harassed, I've seen women harassed, I've seen, you know, LGBT folks harassed. I don't give a damn. The harassment needs to stop. That kind of culture, that kind of societal, cultural crap where we're harassing or treating people like crap because of their background or who they are is crap. Stop. 
just stop. It's a rough one. And it's going to do some damage to one of the top gaming companies in the world. There's a good chance that this company gets gutted. At the very least, they're looking at, you know, hundreds of thousands per person. So we're talking the tune of hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in damages. And don't get me wrong, they're going to have, you know, 10, 15 years to actually, you know, keep fighting it and keep appealing it. They shouldn't. They should ask the people in the report to give, they should ask the agency that did the lawsuit to give them a number of how many people were included in the suit. And they should walk into their attorney's office with their accountant and they should put into place a settlement package for each and every person, including a letter of apology. And I, I honestly, like, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they could stay with the company, but I, I think they should just give every one of them a golden parachute to get the hell out. But I mean, there's, there's a good chance that a lot of these women are just going to retire or have, will have the ability to retire after this as they should. The only way that we can get companies to start thinking about this is to sue the crap out of them. Now I say this and I'm, I'm going to make it clear. This is a very dangerous, very, very dangerous podcast for me to do today. If I tried to apply at Activision Blizzard, there's no way in hell I'd ever get a job. And there's a potential chance that this will impact with other companies as well. But you know what? This is something that has to be said. This is important. If you are married, I, I, if you have a spouse, if you have kids, if you have grandparents, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, if you have people that you care about and this happened to them, how would you feel? That's it. I'm done. As always, I want to say thank you for listening, and I want to make sure, you know, smash those like and sub buttons. <laughs> this could be my new job, right? You know, I could have just shot myself in the foot in the industry. I hope not. But you know what? It It is almost more evil to sit back and let shit like this happen instead of standing up and saying enough is enough. So I hope to God each and every person has the courage and the will if they see this or they deal with this to stand up and say enough is enough and I'm done with this and do the right thing. If you see somebody being harassed, you have their back. If you see somebody, you know, dealing with sexual harassment, groping, you have their back. If you see discrimination, you step up. The only way that we fix this as a as a country, as a society, as as different companies, the only way that we fix it is if the people that are on the outside looking in, the people who see it, step up and they say something. Don't make the victims have to do it themselves. If you see it, if you hear it, you say something. And that's not snitching. That is covering the back of people who are being victimized. And you know what? I don't know about anybody else, but I'm sick of people being victimized. That's it. I'm out of here. Smash those like buttons. Share with your friends and your family. 
if you want more content like this, you want the content that I've already generated, make sure that you push this as hard as you can because you know what? We're going to tell it how it is. We're going to be honest. And we're going to do our part, what we can do to be a bright light in the industry. We're, we're going we're gonna to go down that path. We're going to try and be the bright light in the industry. We're going to try and be the voice of reason, the voice of change. Positive, empathetic, real change. I hope each and every one of you have an amazing week. I'll see you next week, guys. I'm out.